how can I move thee? Will no entreaties cause thee to turn a favourable eye upon thy creature, who implores thy goodness and compassion? Believe me, Frankenstein, I was benevolent. My soul glowed with love and humanity. But am I not alone? Miserably alone? You, my creator, abhor me. What hope can I gather from your fellow creatures, who owe me nothing? I will keep no terms with my enemies. I am miserable, and they shall share my wretchedness. Following its successful premiere at Perth Theatre, Rona Munro's chilling new adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is set to open at the Belgrade Theatre next week, with a national press night on Thursday the 3rd of October. But before the critics come and give their verdict on the show, we've been speaking to the cast and creatives bringing Mary Shelley's monster back to life on stage to find out what her groundbreaking story means to them. In this week's podcast, I'm joined by actor Michael Moreland, who follows in the footsteps of the likes of Boris Karloff, Christopher Lee and Robert De Niro, by offering his own interpretation of the forlorn and furious creature in the story, railing against his creator, Victor Frankenstein. But be warned, this might be a less monstrous monster than you're used to. Here's Michael to tell us more. Hello, Michael. Hiya, Heather. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? How good. are the rehearsals going? Yeah, really good. It's really exciting at the moment. Um, we've got the sound designer, Simon, and um, the choreographer, Johnny, just sort of joined us this week. So it's all sort of stepping up a bit and it's all starting to come together a, a bit more. It's been a discovery. A lot of the time, I think um, what we're trying to do with the monster, it's all in the original book and in Rona's adaptation, but we're trying to go away from the cliché of the monster as people have got in their heads from Boris Karloff and all the Frankenstein films. And it's quite a weird one for me because you can't help when you've been reading it yourself doing it like a monster. So it's kind of like stopping me being like a monster a lot of the time, you know? Yeah, how difficult is it, especially with the Karloff, because it's so kind of iconic, how hard is it to get away from all that stuff? It, it, quite easy, actually, because when you go back to the book, first of all, and the adaptation, he's such a, he's so not like that character, he's super intelligent, you know, he, he can have these philosophical debates with Victor Frankenstein, who, again, is a, a genius, you know, so to even be able to have a dialogue with a character like that, he must be possessed of an amazing mind, you know, especially that he's sort of learnt stuff himself or picked it up so quickly. I mean, it's like he only needs to see something once and he's learnt it. The way we are sort of thinking it, it's almost like he's a sort of superhuman, you know. And I think, again, that's not anything we're putting on it. That's all in the original novel. I think that's really interesting, the idea of that he's kind of a less monstrous monster but obviously he also still kind of has to be a bit scary yeah, definitely so how are you kind of creating that sense of otherness i suppose um i suppose that's what you hope will make it monstrous is the surprise of that a lot of what he, i think he's like is it's restrained and controlled and it's all underneath this sort of hatred and bitterness. So it's like he, it's always there, but it's just the times it suddenly he can't hold it back anymore. So it just comes flying out. And I think that gives it more impact. No one wants to hear someone shouting for two hours, you know what I mean? Then there's just, there's no journey of the character or it's just one dimensional. So I think hopefully that will give the scary bits more impact as well. Um, You talked about the fact that the movement directors in this week 
you've got quite a, an interesting sort of journey with that, I suppose, because you've kind of just been born at the start yeah. of it. So how are you, where are you kind of taking your cues from with the movement? Well, again, that's like, um, it's all from his own body. We're, we're trying to do it like he's almost, uh, what's the phrase we're sort of using? It's like um, neutral but it's not neutral. There is this, like I was saying before, this bubbling energy, bitterness, hatred underneath. So, I mean, what the thing I'm trying to use is breath. So that, like, informs my body about the movements. And so I'm just starting on that, really. Cool. I'm going to ask you the same question I'm asking everybody. Do you remember how you first encountered the Frankenstein story, whether it was the film or the book? Or... Yeah, I think it would probably be... a uh, like a children's classic version of it. Well, I know it was. I used to have these little books and uh, I've still actually got one, an Edgar Allan Poe one, but I had um, Edgar Allan Poe, I had Frankenstein, Dracula and like a Sherlock Holmes one. I absolutely loved them. And uh, it was that. And I've always kind of, since I was about eight, my auntie used to like make me watch, not make me watch, but I watched a lot of horror films. So I was always into terror and fear. So as somebody who seems to know it fairly well, has being part of this production changed your perspective on it at all? Um, I suppose it's uh, taking me back to the original novel again. Since I got the part, I've not watched any of the films. or I mean, I've seen probably them all, but I didn't think it was going to do me any favours to see all that again and the Karloffs and Christopher Lee and all that. So I just thought I, I won't watch them but I read the book and I'd actually read it again about a year before I actually got the part. So it was quite fresh in my mind anyway, but it just took me back to one, what an amazing novel it is, like stunning to be written by an 18 year old and woman in society at that time and so far ahead of its time. But also I think um, Rona's done like an amazing job on the adaptation. I think sometimes when books from that period can be a bit stodgy, for instance, in this, Victor Frankenstein's got to go through four deaths, you know, and it's like, for an actor, that's very hard to do four different scenes, you know, but I think Rona's done an amazing job to make it so fast-paced that it goes really quick. And the whole thing of Mary Shelley being a character, it's so theatrical and it, it all adds to it. It's all sort of helping the proper story points hit home, I think. That's another thing I wanted to pick up on, actually. So you mentioned Mary Shelley being a character in it. This story is essentially about the struggle between the creation and the creator. But in this version, you've got two creators yeah. that you're you're kind of struggling against. So uh -huh. how is your relationship with them kind of similar or different? Well, that's another, um, like, an extra dimension, I think, that we've got, obviously, because Mary Shelley's not in the book. It's really fun to play because... I'm the only character that engages with Mary during the play but our relationship kind of goes on a weird journey as well there's bits where it's sort of like a baby and his mum I suppose and we're working on the same team but then there's bits as well where it turns around and maybe I don't like what she's doing or she's finding it difficult what I'm doing even though she's writing it it's still a struggle for her so it's quite interesting how that relationship develops I think yeah I think I feel like it's quite a bold move because like you said yeah. she's not always nice to no, the characters no. yeah. so she's almost like more aligned with Victor than with you totally sometimes. I mean it's she's god I suppose you know what I mean and uh, but there's nice bits that like one of my early sort of scenes and Mary sort of engages with me and she's like she's not ready to deal with me yet 
the monster came to Mary in a dream. So I think that's like Rona's sort of thinking. Everything else has come from Mary's consciousness, if you like, but the monsters come from her subconscious. So it's come from a different place. So she's not got as much control of the monster as the things that she's literally thought. Um, I think one of the elements that's being quite emphasised in this production is the kind of youth of Mary and of Victor and even, you know, your character. It's new, it's a new person. So I wonder, do you feel like it's a uniquely youthful story at uh, all? Yeah, I do. I, th- I think, um, I mean, well, she was 18 when she originally wrote it and I'm sure most people's first encounter with the original story or any of the films is when you're young, even a, a monster mask or something, you know. But um, it's funny you say that because even yesterday I was just sitting at the side watching it and it really struck me how young everybody looked. And I thought it was brilliant because these characters are that age in the book, you know. And even Victor, he's drive. That's like a young person's drive, you know what I mean? It's like, so I think it's so right for it to go back to the original like that. And again, it's like, it might be surprising, but I think it's uh, more right and truthful. And the monster as well, I suppose, that kind of resentment that's still there, it feels very sort of teenage angst yeah. in oh, a way, Yeah, oh, definitely. There's, there's like, yeah, there's lines I've written in my script where it's like that. There's a big sort of section where I, I see it like, it's only two days in the monster's life, but it's almost like he's toddler teenage years, you know, and then he's kind of formed after these couple of days you know what I mean he's still got further to go but yeah things time's totally different for him you know um so I'm gonna ask you another question that I've asked everybody then obviously the um the stories meant a lot of different things to different people over the years kind of symbolized different things so what does it mean to you what's your main takeaway from it that's a good one. Um, I suppose to me, because I haven't focusing on the monster, there's a big question of the old nature nurture thing. You know that um, a lot of the things I'm saying to Victor is one of the sort of key lines for me is um, if you make me happy, I'll be good. And I think that's what added to my monstrosity, if you like. If once I'd been born, Victor gave me a little cuddle and you know was a father to me. I don't think things would have ended up the way they did, you know. And I've got kids, and so they're the ones I really ping out in my head, you know. Like you say, it means so much on so many different levels to so many different people. But I suppose it's probably because I'm focusing on the monster side of it. Produced by the Belgrade Theatre. Perth Theatre, Celador and Matthew Townsend. Frankenstein shows at the Belgrade Theatre Commentary from the 2nd to the 12th of October. Tickets are selling fast, but there are still seats available at www.belgrade.co.uk. On Saturday the 5th of October, we'll also be hosting a pre-show screening of Universal's 1931 Frankenstein film, starring Boris Karloff as the monster. Thanks to Michael Morland for joining me for this week's episode of our Belgrade Theatre podcast. In the next episode, I'll be chatting to Frankenstein director Patricia Benecke about bringing the show together.